Hey, what's up, Koregata Squad? Welcome back to the podcast. On this episode, we talk to One Min, a board game designer and native Korean who achieved JLPT N1 level fluency in Japanese. So that being said, we find out just how easy it is to learn Japanese if you already know Korean. If you guys want to support the podcast, you can join our Patreon, become a YouTube member, or get $10 towards your next italki lesson using our link go.italki.com slash korekara. Like I mentioned during earlier podcasts, it takes a full-time job worth of time to produce the podcast, including securing the guests you guys want to hear, planning the episode, recording, editing, and more. So any bit of support you give us helps us immensely to continue giving you guys more content. We're also planning on having live streams for YouTube members, which we actually have one out now if you want to check that out. But it was super fun interacting with you all and answering your questions, so love to have that. But anyways... As always, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Wanmin. Uh, it's pronounced like one minute. Uh, I was born born in South Korea, but I moved to New York City when I was young. And I, you know, raised in New York City, Queens, went to school in, New- in, uh, in the United States. Um, I took Japanese in high school and in college, I took some Chinese, four years of it actually, so not not some Chinese. And then uh, after a while, um, you know, life got in the way, working, I didn't do anything with Japanese or Chinese. And then one day I just decided to, you know, take a solo trip to Japan, Hokkaido, and this, and realized how, how crappy my Japanese has gotten. So that's when I decided to, uh, you know, start studying again and then, you know, pass the N2, pass N1. And after that, or during all of that, I was also working on starting my own, like, uh, board game company. I uh, made a board game and I'm currently in the process of making a second one. I wow. see. So how long did it take from, like, when you decided to really study Japanese to passing N1? Uh, so in high school, I took four years of it, right? Um, so counting those four years, and then I did maybe like a little less than a year of like self-study, and then I passed N2, and then another year of self-study, and then I passed N1. I see. So I guess, I guess in total, six years. I see. And you yeah. spoke uh, like Korean natively? Yep. So at home, I speak Korean with my parents and my family. Um, you know, obviously I live in America, so I speak English with my friends and at my job right. and Japanese. I currently only speak with, you know, like random online friends. I speak with my girlfriend. She speaks some Japanese. Um, yeah. She speaks some Japanese. So she's, is she, Korean okay. Or? She, no, she speaks Japanese. She's much better than me, but let's see, how do I put it? Her situation is a little interesting too, because she's born and raised in Korea, but she spent most of her adult life in Japan. So she's like not really Korean and not really Japanese, like a weird mixture, like half, but she's like I ethnically see. Korean, but she, her Japanese is like completely fluent. So, oh, wow. So that's the main language you guys talk in is Japanese. Uh, well, we talk in a mix of Korean and Japanese. Oh, I, I see. see. Yeah. That's so it's see. like, I would start my sentence in Japanese and then like 
throw in like Korean words in there or like end in Korean or like some phrases I don't know how to say in Japanese or I don't know how to say in Korean. You know, it's just like a weird flow of back and forth. I see. Right. Yeah, I feel like in the last couple string of podcasts, we've had kind of a theme of um, yeah. girlfriends. <laughs> um, kind <laughs> of, <laughs> it'd be like having to having knowing your the target language. It's kind of funny how it kind of all plays out right here. Honestly, but, that's probably the best way to learn a language is to date someone who only speaks that language. Besides, aside from actually moving to the country itself, that's probably the best way. All right, perfect. Yeah. All our listeners are, are ready to go. But we'll <laughs> put a quick disclaimer out here. We don't want anyone going and doing any creepy stuff and be like, oh, I heard that from the Korakura podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, one thing I was curious about is, I mean, you always hear the similarities between Korean, Japanese, or Chinese. And mm-hmm. I mean, in my experience, I already spoke Chinese before I started learning Japanese. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of similarities. But what, what would you say are the similarities between Korean Japanese, did you have an advantage? I think I'm a little biased because that's the, the order I learned it is, you know, the order I learned it. But I think learning, having, understanding Korean really, really helps you with Japanese grammar. I'm sure other people have, might have told you this as well, but the grammar structure is like basically the same thing, which is why I'm able to speak in a mix of Korean and Japanese with my girlfriend so easily because. Honestly, you're you start a sentence one way and you can end it in a different in this in another language because it's so interchangeable the way that conjugations happen, the way that the grammar structure is set up, like subject, verb, and part like all that. Um, and having one another thing about learning English before Japanese, uh, because Korean was my first language. Is that a lot of Korean people have a hard time pronouncing certain Japanese characters, like like tsu or like any of the Z characters, like uh, stuff like that, and they have a very strong Korean accent when they speak Japanese. But English, like I can pronounce TSU, you know, that's like saying cats, you know, that's TSU. I can pronounce Z because English has a lot of Z words. So learning Korean first helped me learn the grammar, uh, learn Japanese grammar structure much easier, and learning English helped me pronounce Japanese better than I'd say a regular Korean person might. Right. So you you actually have all the advantages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I felt a similar way because like I in when I learned Japanese, I would know all the the Chinese, the two like the two kanji Chinese words, and yeah, I also yeah. know the katakana like English words. So it would be like. Then it's like easy to learn new vocab. Definitely. But are, are there specific examples you can think of of like a similarity, maybe grammar or vocabulary between like Korean and, and Japanese? I mean, straight up, like the words sound very similar. Like, you know, in Japanese, like mushi, mushi suru, like to ignore. Um, in Korean, it's the exact same word, like mushi. Like, I, the pronunciation is very, very, like slightly different, like mushi in Japanese. I don't, I'm not that great at it, but in Korean, it feels a little softer, like mushi. I don't know. It's just like some of the words, you know, because obviously they're all derived from Chinese characters, like they're very similar, like in how they sound. So that is one that sounds very right. similar. Um, yeah, I noticed that when I when I watched Squid Game, because uh, I heard that yeah. in, in Korean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yak, like, yeah, yakusoku, you know, in Korean it's yakusoku, you know, it's the same thing. Right. right. 
definitely when I'm going and watching all the Korean dramas, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird to me. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I I know like part of these, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like hear the the word again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I guess then conversely. Also, as a native Korean speaker, were there some parts of Japanese that were maybe a little bit more difficult for you? Um, honestly, learning Japanese is never really that hard. I don't really know why. Like, I, I don't want to sound like arrogant or conceited, but you know, it kind of felt to me like coming home, kind of because. When I uh, immigrated to the U.S., I actually forgot a lot of my Korean because I moved, uh, moved at such a young age, and it was I had to like relearn Korean at, uh, when I was a little, when I was older, like in high school. And I, at a point in my life, I you know was very fluent in Korean. Obviously, when I lived there, and then when I moved to the U.S., I forgot a lot of it. I became very fluent in English, and then I had to make a like a conscious effort to relearn Korean and that was around the same time I was learning Japanese so being in a, in a school setting like a official academic setting where I was learning Japanese um, because it was so similar grammatically to Korean it kind of felt like I was getting back in touch with my roots kind of and when I was learning Japanese it felt very natural to me it came everything came so like I, I remember all of the conjugations and all of the like grammatical like structures and patterns of it like came very naturally to me um can that's probably because of my korean background um yeah i don't, I don't really know but it's really able to yeah. gather all the infinity stones <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah you know, just download japanese instantly <laughs> so when you were taking uh japanese in high school were you like just so much ahead of everyone else like the first year um, yeah, I mean, it's not just because of my Korean background, though. I did, I did put a lot of effort into studying it. You know, I took, right. I had like a Japanese tutor outside of high school and, you know, that was fun. It was, it was less, it was less, uh, strict. It was just kind of like, you know, hanging out with a friend almost. Um, I also studied abroad in Japan over the summers, so that definitely I guess gave me an advantage compared to my um, classmates. Um, yeah, but I, mean, I guess it's a mix of different things. I see. And one thing I also heard is that the, just the pronunciation of of words in, in uh, not words, but like the consonants mm -hmm. are very similar. So, yeah. I mean, I guess like, do people mistake you for being a native speaker of Japanese? Um, no, I don't think so. Like. I think people, when they look at me, they can kind of understand, like, yeah, your Japanese is good, but you're not native. Like, it's probably, you know, how I look, how I dress, how I carry out, like, how I, like, present myself. You know, people can, it's just crazy. Like, that's one of my, like, life goals to be, like, mistaken for a Japanese person. Like, that would be awesome to be like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were not Japanese. That's crazy. But then you know it's really hard to fool a native person you know they look at you the way you dress the way you talk the way you walk anything like, and they just form a mental image of you and they realize hey you're not japanese you know, i don't know what it is but you know i, I can kind of see the same thing you know because i'm i'm american now so if i see someone who is not american you know instantly in my brain can recognize like patterns like 
oh, they're dressed a certain way, they talk a certain way, right. you know, stuff like that. So I guess like on the internet, you said you have like internet. Oh, on the internet, yeah. Um, that's what they know. It's it's much easier to be uh, to fool people on the internet, I guess. Yeah. Right. I see. So so in a way, you you may have hit your goal of fooling people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the internet, it's totally possible. But the longer I talk, the more likely it is that I trip up and I make a stupid mistake somewhere. You know. So. Right. Yeah, maybe maybe yet to next time you go to Japan, you just go fully like method actor into the whole <laughs> <laughs> being a Japanese person for like five minutes yeah. and then moving on to the next person. <laughs> I have to, you know, pretend to be a Japanese salary man, you know, put on a suit, you know, pretend like I have yeah. no soul and just hate my life every day. <laughs> exactly. You, you got it shade. all covered. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just like, was thinking like, is really Japanese that easy for uh, Korean people? <laughs> like, actually, step one, learn Korean, step two, learn Japanese. <laughs> yeah, fast track learning Japanese by learning Korean first. Yeah. <laughs> True. I mean, that kind of goes into kind of one of our inside jokes of the podcast. Eric mentioned the step one, step two. Usually it's step one, learn Chinese, step two, learn Japanese. And <laughs> you're, you're kind of in a unique scenario where you, you know Korean, obviously, and mm -hmm. you have N1 level in Japanese, and then you spent four years learning Chinese. So mm -hmm. I guess if you could rearrange these steps in terms of a step one, two, maybe even three, what would you say is the, the most optimal in your mind? Really? I think Korean, Chinese, Japanese is, is the best order. I see. Because... Oh, English, you gotta learn English. Oh yeah, English, uh, <laughs> English after Korean. Okay. So okay. I think that would be the best order because Korean, you get a good base of like the Chinese, like two letter words, um, because it, Korean has a lot of the same two letter words, two character words. And then you learn English for the pronunciation of like some harder, for, for some stuff that you can't pronounce in, in Korean. And you learn Chinese to pronounce Chinese stuff. Because if you learned Japanese before learning Chinese, then your Chinese would be really bad, and it would the pronunciation of your Chinese would, would be very bad because you can only speak Japanese and Korean and English. Really? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, <laughs> everyone listening. That's the roadmap now. <laughs> yeah, the Kodakara roadmap. We'll be selling our course. <laughs> yeah, featuring one man. Step yeah, one: four languages in one year. <laughs> exactly I've become extremely proficient in all of them with the Japan japanese being the most at the end <laughs> you got all the resources down <laughs> yeah i mean one thing you also mentioned was that you studied abroad so i mean that's always uh i mean per personally for eric and i that's been, that was one of the main factors in improving our japanese but awesome. how much would you say it helped you and how long were you there for so in high school, I went um, pretty much every summer, but each summer was a very different amount of time. But more recently, I think the most, the, the best help, the most helpful thing to learn Japanese recently when I was getting back into it was watching Terrace House. Um, I know you guys had Yusuke on uh, recently, uh, which is how I discovered you guys. And watching Terrace House with Japanese subtitles 
was probably like the most helpful thing that I've done to learn Japanese besides going to Japan. That was hands down the best. I see. I mean, perfect that you mentioned that because, I mean, again, you just like you mentioned that you found out about us through when we had Yusuke、yeah. or Eden Kai on. <laughs> the crazy how you get to connect to people here.、Yeah. But one, one story you kind of had is that you actually applied to be on the show a couple of times, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to,、uh, to absolute you know, si-、uh, radio silence on their end. You know, I, I really、yeah. don't think it's, you know, they advertise it as like, oh, anyone can apply and anyone can join. But I really think、right. it's a form of. Like,、uh, you need to have some sort of connections in the industry to get in. Yeah, that's what I think as well. Especially like 100%. The, la- the latest season, like almost every person kind of got through through their like Jim show. Yeah, exactly.、Like. Exactly. So maybe in the first season it wasn't like that. So I don't know. You know so I applied definitely like maybe like a decade too late, but. <laughs> Unfortunate, but I mean, you actually did something. You're working on something a little bit even better than that, though, right? Where <laughs> <laughs> your your next board game in the works, which is、yeah. um, what you call it, what you named、um, Share Home, which is basically kind of simulating the whole terrace house. I don't know if we want to say terrace house, but the whole idea、yeah. of being in a share home, which I have heard some secrets that it might be going some changes, but you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, this board game is like the, the real life embodiment of like that Futurama, that Bender meme. Do you know? Like, screw you、oh. guys. I'm going I'm to make like my own whatever with hookers and, and cocaine or whatever, something like that. You guys <laughs> know that meme, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.、So、basically, that's my answer to not getting accepted into Terrace House. Like, screw you, you know, Fuji TV and Netflix. You know, I'm going to make my own Terrace House. And what am I good at? I'm good at making board games. I'm good at making games. So I'm going to make my own game and have it here. It's called Share、oh, nice. Home. Yeah, so it's, it's basically a card game where you play.、Uh, it's basically Terrace House to card game where you play as, you know, members on the show,、uh, reenact, you know, Crazy scenes that happened on the show, like the meat incident or whatever. And, you know, it's just like a really fun time. I、uh, started a New York City Terrace House viewing party、um, back when you know, the show was still going on. And we would watch every week, you know, after the show was over, we'd play my game and everyone was having a good time. It was really fun.、Oh. But unfortunately, you know, the show you know, got canceled due to all the scandals and all the bad stuff that happened with it. You know, that's terrible. So I'm kind of you know, stuck in this weird situation where you know, I have this game now. So what, what am I going to do with it? You know, I obviously can't you know, use the Terrace House name or the brand. So I'm actually in the middle of you know, rebranding it, you know, changing, like moving away from Terrace House, moving away from、uh, kind of like a. Based on a real show and make it more like a fantasy, make it more like creating my own characters, like based on like mythical、uh, creatures, you know, fantasy tropes. You know, so, so it's basically Terrace House, the card game, but with dragons, orcs, you know, elves and stuff like that. So I see, I see.、Yeah. I don't know、That's、how that'll work out, but、quickly. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess kind of. 
closing out now, I mean, you've accomplished so much in terms of creating your own board games here, as well as getting to an N1 level in Japanese. But now looking forward, what would you say are some of your goals for the future? So yeah, my short-term goals are definitely, you know, finishing this game, um, finishing the share home game, you know, rebranding it, making it um, a little distance from Terrace House. Uh, I'm hoping to do like a simultaneous release in both America and Japan. Um, because if you go to the website, I like translated all of the rules and everything into Japanese as well. Right. Um, so hoping I could have like Japanese fans enjoy the game and, you know, American fans and, you know, because Terrace House, you know, the appeal of it was, you know, kind of global, international. Uh, another cool goal would be, you know, in Tokyo, there's this thing called Game Market where um, like indie game developers bring their board games and then they just all set up booths and you know, right. sell it. That would be awesome if I could bring it there um, and sell it there. That, that would be kick-ass. I have no idea how to do that, but, you know, I could learn. <laughs> um, future goals, um, that's pretty much it. You know, I, I, honestly, I never really studied Japanese with like a, like a clear goal in mind. It's just, it was just fun for me. And, you know, I, I like learning the language. I like speaking it. Um, and I, I'm at a point where, you know, I'm good enough where I can like consume Japanese media, uh, play Japanese games, you know, watch Japanese shows without really relying on subtitles or, or English translations. And I think that's, you know, that's okay. And that's okay for the rest of my life. You know, I just enjoy Japanese content and, you know, I don't need to, you know, push myself further. I don't need to study Anki every day. You know, I don't need to stress myself out, you know, learning you know taking the next test you know getting more and more fluent you know that's not really my goal you know as long as i can play my you know weep games or you know watch anime you know, I'm, I'm good <laughs> and yeah. what are those weep games and anime um <laughs> uh i want to play well i recently finished um uh, xenoblade chronicles on the switch uh, I want to play oh. the second one. I haven't been able to buy it yet. Just haven't had the time. But, you know. Right. Just I a see. bunch of, like, JRPGs, basically. Right. <laughs> uh, the, the, true, the true games of culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love to see it. You love to see it. I mean, hopefully, in the new iteration of Share Home, we'll be able to have a dwarf asking an elf to go get dinner, get rejected and ordering <laughs> catfish by themselves. But <laughs> yep, yep. nice. Ooh. Taking notes right now. <laughs> Taking yeah, Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> we got you. We got you. Gotta have a special Korekara card somewhere in there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> even more excited now <laughs> than I already was. <laughs> Well, everyone, be sure to go check out the progress of the game. And you also have another game out already with um, the um, with Sisyphus, right? Mm -hmm. Sisyphus that one behind you. It's right here. Stab your coworkers. And yeah, I was that. looking at that sign. I'm like, well, wow, that's intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a couple of the videos you put out for promotional material. It was pretty. It was pretty intense. Oh man, it's it's meant to be eye catching. All right, all right. 
hopefully it's nothing too physical happens when playing the game. <laughs> oh, it's nothing like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I checked some out, though. It looks really fun to play and excited to hopefully play some soon myself. But at the end of all our podcasts, I'm sure you've seen it, One Min, but we have the special, the special message, the one that encapsulates it all, which can be anything any language any message anything that's up to you with the light shining bright one min today what is your korekara message uh my korekara message to all you japanese learners and studiers out there you know uh don't push yourself so hard you know you're learning a language to have fun you know ultimately you're learning it to you know speak with other people so stop worrying about your Anki decks and, you know, go out there and talk to more people, whether that's online or in person, you know, that's what you got to do to keep motivation high because Anki is not the way. You heard it. Anki is not the way. Quoted by one man. I don't want to say anything <laughs> controversial. <laughs> <myself>. <laughs>